All right, guys, welcome back to the plant-based podcast extraordinaire, The Snow Peas. We are starting a new book because it's a new year. It's 2021. Just kidding. It is 2022. And we're hoping to make it to 2023. We're hoping to make it to February of 2022. (laughs) So all we want, just February. So we either way, though, we have a fun new book for you this time. And... Like I said, it is Rip Esselstyn's Plant Strong. When we wanted to go for our first round of books, probably this year, we wanted to go for something that would appeal to people who are just getting started with their plant-based journey, who are looking for a lovely guidebook. And perhaps Rip Esselstyn's book will be that for you. But it's just me and Owen here today. Yep. Zanita's out and about. So what'd you think, Owen? So Rip Esselstyn's Plant Strong. I like it, but it's not intense enough for me. Yeah, I hear that. But it is, I think it's great just for little tidbits. Yeah. You know, I kind of want more like. Nitty gritty. uh, Yeah, but you know what? It's really good. I think it's good. I, you know, I think it is good. I had to say this. When I tell patients that they should go out and watch some propaganda when they're kind of feeling like they're having a hard time, I feel like this is a good book for that because it gives you a little bit of the propaganda. Like, also, it just it like it tells you stories. It says, "Hey, here is an anecdotal story, and it doesn't make any bones about it that it's an anecdotal story." Right. But it's just trying to get you fired up. So, took a look at the first four chapters, and chapter number one just kind of got everything off the ground about like why animal protein is a problem. And I do love the fact that he calls milk liquid meat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> it is true. Yep. Um, what hit me with chapter one is um, I was a really big Tim Russert fan. So I don't know. I mean, you, you're much younger than me, but Tim Russert did meet the press on Sundays. And, ah. and I loved him. Yeah. And he was like heavier, but he right. wasn't huge. And then he died of a heart attack. So it just said how he died. And it was with these, uh, you know, he had a, uh, a ruptured plaque. Well, they call it in this book, which we were talking about earlier, like, what are their gel plaques? But could you just maybe talk about that for a second? Yeah, really, we're just looking at, um, is plaque buildup in the wall of the artery? And that's what all of it comes down to, is atherosclerotic plaque that ruptures. And so he gives a good example in here, which he calls it a pimple. And it's probably not perfect. What I always tell people is it's a bit more like, uh, callus. So if I've got those folks that really work out and they work out hard and one day they rip a callus, it's because eventually they have enough friction and enough force on that callus that it rips open. And that's kind of what happens to your heart. There's enough blood flowing by for a long enough amount of time. Often it's narrowed. So if you can imagine, right, you send something through a tiny space, there's a lot more friction on that and a lot more force behind it to force the blood through that tiny space. And it rips open that and it raises your blood pressure and that's why your blood pressure does but yeah it also just opens up those i mean it rips open one of those quote-unquote calluses and when that happens anytime anything but the cells that line your arteries are exposed to blood you get clots and that's an even bigger deal so i do like that he mentions that while the plaque buildup is bad over time and we do get a chunk of people who get chest pain from that plaque buildup when they walk around because you know, they're not getting enough blood into their heart, really. Um, so they're getting this chest pain called angina. 
Additionally, a lot more heart attacks, which the first sign of a heart attack for about 50% of people is instant death, come from these ruptured plaques, come from this plaque that pops open and causes a big clot. Because if blood flow can't get through at all, which is what happens when you get a big clot, those cells start to die. And so the heart muscle itself starts to die. So really using Tim Russert as an example is a big deal to me. And this is what I think why we're here doing the snow peas mm-hmm. at all. It's just like, come on, Tim Russert, if you knew him, was beloved. I mean, and he was a journalist on Sunday morning talking about politics. Like, I know no one today is beloved doing that <laughs> same thing. But he really was in the 80s. And it was like, you wanted to hear his opinion. And we don't. Who is the guy that just retired? Because he's kind of beloved, too. So I get it. Like, there's there's few, but there's not a lot. Yeah, you know, and, and it is, it's like people that you care about that, like, what happened to your dad? I mean, it's just, God, these are people we love. We don't want them to do this. No. Nope. The, the other thing that I think is interesting, and maybe you have something to say about it, is he does mention, like, doctors not explaining the side effects of drugs and I think it's a really big deal. Mm-hmm. And I think, how much do you think that because Tim Russert was on these statins, that it almost masks some of the issues? Or is that a thing? Or not no, really? No, I mean, basically, he makes an argument here. And I don't know. This book's a couple years behind. There is some evidence that statin use can reverse plaques in the arteries. Um, granted, as he says, it takes a, a lot of, you treat a lot of people before one person gets a really positive effect. But they do have positive effects. And if people who have had cardiovascular, they've had a heart attack, it's, it's, it does show some benefit. So, you know, he had, so Tim Russert had good value. So as far as they could tell from just his blood work, it looked like he wasn't laying down any plaque. But what they discovered was that actually he was. And so, so getting something like a calcium artery score and seeing kind yeah. of how much of a plaque buildup you have is probably, it's also just good to be as informed as you possibly can. But I think his big point that I really love is you take a statin, which some of you might need to be on. So this is absolutely not Dr. O'Connell saying get off your statin. But this is Dr. O'Connell saying, why would you not use a treatment that also gave you other benefit? Right. Right. So statins have some anti-inflammatory effect, but why not eat a diet that has the similar effects that also dumps antioxidants in your blood that also yeah. dumps, you know, X, Y, and Z gives fiber to your colon and cuts down your colon cancer risk. Like there's just so many benefits. Why wouldn't you do it? I mean, and that's the whole thing with any drugs, mm-hmm. pharmaceuticals is the laundry list of side effects. Right. The side effects of plants is like good stool. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, there are some people that don't do as well with sometimes a fiber-rich diet. And I would say if that's you, talk to your doctor, especially go talk to, dare I say, some of your alternative health care providers, because they might be able to help you through that and get you around that bend. But um, so the next chapter is about protein. And I feel like this is the um, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha (laughs) portion chapter. (laughs) It's like... Where do you get your protein, protein, protein? protein. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, I just had Marsha's face flat in front of me. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it is. Protein is vegans, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. It is. It's just like, oh, my God. 
but it was it's fun and it is i mean i think that um this is what you have to drive home and it you know right we're already on board so it's not and we have hard. a great episode about this too already out there yeah. in podcast land which if you haven't heard it you should go back and listen to it but i'm with you that's all we hear about is where to get protein from that you were telling me that you'd seen a story kind of like the firefighter story that he mentions when he's kind of helping this woman out of the house because yeah. she's unable to get out and you know he kind of implies like might be able to be get easy might be easier for you to get out if there wasn't quite in very nice way so much of you and that right. so much of you that wasn't able to propel themselves well the, the woman was morbidly obese and i think every firefighter has a morbidly obese you know this is a 600 pound woman that they were trying to get out of a right place and i think i wasn't i i um am went to emt school i never really did it but so that's the where fire she met fire, her husband that is where i met my husband so um you know i think every firefighter that teaches this has right. a morbidly obese story of yep. getting somebody out and it's just no joke it is no joke and you know we're trying to you know it is it's just the state of america and where we're at and we just that's why we're pushing plants people yep but I loved how she looked at him and said, but where am I going to get my protein from? Because <laughs> everybody is a nutritionist, you know, because we all eat, we all think that we've got nutrition dialed down. So I get it. And um, he mentions it later, but it is, no, he, I think it's funny that he's like, does anyone know what it's called when you have a protein deficiency? Oh. Nobody knows except Me. it has a weird name. <laughs> how do you pronounce it? I Quashiorcorps. Anyway, exactly. that's it. But anyway, there's no one in America that likely has a protein deficiency. No, protein deficiencies are seen pretty much when you see calorie restriction. So you, there can be definite cases in the U.S., but those usually involve abuse um, and limited resources to the point where they're not getting in enough calories or you're getting in so much refined food. It's probably as common as scurvy. Like, so this is interesting, too, because he said, because he mentions this list of it's all fruit. So basically you could be a fruititarian. Right. And just be fine. There's other, uh, there's other things with that, but yes, you could be a fruititarian uh, from a protein perspective. You could be absolutely fine. And I, he does have that wonderful equation that if people really are concerned, I mean, just the way, if you're concerned enough to tell me about it, then you should probably do this for yourself, which is, you know, looking at like, how much do I really need? And that is, 0.8 so 0.8 not 8 <laughs> 0.8 grams times your ideal body weight and I think that's important because I you know if I've got somebody in my office and they're wanting to be 190 pounds or 200 pounds and they're 300 pounds I want to get a protein intake that's their ideal body weight so ideal body weight and of course everybody please be nice to yourself and just pick a nice body weight. Don't pick a crazy body weight. So, mm, Not my body weight when I was in eighth grade. No, <laughs> negative or third grade. 0. 0.8 grams times your ideal weight in kilograms. So that is not in pounds. That is in kilograms. So a kilogram is just about, I'm trying to think, like almost two pounds. So it's, you know, definitely don't, if you're 100, if you want to be 140 pounds, do not times it by 140 it is 70 kilograms. <laughs> mm. 
So it's even smaller. So I get that a lot too. People are like, but I need this much. No, you don't. That's in pounds. This is in kilograms. So the next chapter is basically about complete proteins. Yep. And I don't think anyone cares anymore, right? That was just a, kind of a oh, fad. People still care. Really? People still care. And the place this really shows up too is when you're working with people who are looking at putting on body mass. So if you're looking at athletes mm. and they're really concerned about like, am I getting in enough of the good absorbable protein? Is it enough? Is it all balanced? Because I heard balanced protein out of people. And we also have on that lovely episode that we did, we talk about balanced protein. But it is interesting to know where this concept came from and that the woman who actually brought this out, Frances Moore, I'm going to really, really do Le Pay. Le Pay. Um, quickly backed off of it. But that it still is actually seen. I mean, I think I told you this. I pulled out my husband's nutrition book from like circa 2007 or and it 8. Talks about it talks about it. So mm-hmm. it's not like even this, even once again, he does talk about the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics and said, said, hey, you can do a vegetarian and a vegan diet and be totally fine on the protein front. Super healthy. Not a problem. But we're still quoting this woman from this book that was what? 1970s? She doesn't even believe it anymore. Yeah, 1971 quoting. bestseller. <laughs> but welcome to Naturopathic Medicine in Alaska. So, and Total here's different the, topic. the mm-hmm. deal with animal proteins and plant proteins is that they're both complete, but animal proteins are inflammatory. I'd say that sums up. Yeah. That's pretty good. I do think he does a good job of that. You got to look at the package. You can't just look at the macronutrient. I think we keep kind of thumping our fists on the table with this. It's a whole food. It's like looking at somebody and being like, well, he is a despot who's murdered millions of people, but he's his kids. Mm. So what all we're going to focus on is, well, I'm just saying like, all we're going to focus on is how much he loves his kids. Like yeah. maybe you have to look at the whole person. <laughs> right. right. Whole person here, whole right. food here. And then finally, we're at our last chapter, um, the whole vitamin B12 thing. And you know what? Just supplement, but don't go quite crazy, no? Yeah, you know, he talks about it. It's interesting. It's a totally different way of looking at it. Um, yeah, vitamin B12 is a fascinating vitamin because it does need a protein that helps with absorption, actually. So, you know, that's something that our our stomach makes a carrier for B12 to get it into our body. Hmm. So it's a fascinating vitamin. We do get a lot of it from animal sources, but the reality is they concentrate it from the ground, from, from the soil and plants. From, and yeah, it's um, bacteria. So we, in fact, there's a small subset of humans that make B12 out of their poop because it's another way that you can get mm-hmm. it from plant or animal sources is from fecal contamination. So some people can do that. Well, I mean, they're not, I don't know how well they're absorbing it because absorption actually happens in the small intestine and it's being made in the large intestine. But on that note, you just, all you got to do is supplement, guys. And the majority of folks who have enough B12 are supplementing. I want to say there was a small Stanford study. So Supplement, supplement. So like, wh- how, like, here's what I do because I don't believe in supplements. I mean, I do as older I get, but I was really like for years, just like, I don't need supplements. And then, so what I do with all my supplements now, even in this age of mm-hmm. um, the virus that shall not be named. <laughs> uh, no, but even like, so when I do my B's, my, right. when I do my vitamin D and my C and my zinc, mm-hmm. you know, I just don't do it all regularly. Is that bad? No, it's fine. My whole thing is people don't do it. They forget about it. That's my only thing. I do it like three or four times a week, all of it. Great. 
then that's fine. And same with my B12. So I have my little um, little dropper bottle of B12, mm-hmm. and it's sitting on my um, bathroom window. So when I brush my teeth in the morning, I just when I remember, you know, I look at it and I'll be like, I haven't done that in about a which day is or perfect. Two. And a lot of us are getting it fortified within our food. So like, if you're already on the plant based wagon and you eat nutritional yeast, the vast majority of nutritional yeast has B12. Yeah, which is why I wasn't supplementing because I kind of am addicted to right nutritional yeast. And as he states in here, um, the higher, higher, higher amounts of vitamin B12 sometimes are utilized in people who are have gotten more out of life at this point, otherwise known as being on the other older spectrum of life. And they um, should very often, supplement. They should definitely supplement. He said age higher, 50 plus. Higher, higher levels. Because so maybe I'll have an extra drop a week. Mm-hmm. So um, do you, can you get too much? No. You know, I looked at this about 10, 12 years ago and no, there's not any negative health outcomes associated with high B12. What is I will. I take that back. There are negative health outcomes associated, but it's because the negative health outcome is causing you to have a high level because it's not. Mm. It's either putting out more proteins that carry around the B12. There's get less utilization. Yada yada yada. So liver cancer, things like that, will cause you to have high B12. Not that B12 will give you liver cancer. Mm. I think it's a fine distinction. So when people come in and they're like. <gasps> Maybe twelve levels really high. I'm like, that's fine. Take a month off if you want, but it's not going to hurt you. So I'm most excited about all the recipes in this book. I'm super excited to do something new for 2022. Yep, and we are super. And you know what else is super exciting? What's that? Rip Esselstyn's sister Jane will be talking to us later this month. So because we're badasses. (laughs) Well, Well, maybe just take the bad off, and we've got asses left. (laughs) Yeah. Which are gonna get smaller this year. That's right. So it's it's been fun. We're happy to be doing rip. I think um, if you're coming into this later with us, this is a good place to start. So maybe go with this before you hit Joel, and you'll be happy you did. So yeah, this is way easier than Joel Furman. Way easier, way easier. Excuse me, and bite size, like bite size info, not these kind of larger, bigger things. And you know, he doesn't have. Nope, I'm not seeing it. There are no references in here, Rip. <laughs> Need a little bit of an overview with this. Um, anyway, mm. so on that note, for the sciencey people, head for Joel. For the people who are like, eh, I just really want some good recipes and I really want some factoids and some rah, 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 hit the plants. Ooh, a little bit of both. Let's do it. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Lori. Yep. <laughs> we'll right. talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.